Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. Sound the alarms. This is not a drill. It is happening, people. It is 80 degrees and sunny in New York City for like four days in a row. Can you hear the sheer excitement in my voice? (laughs) I know I sound wild, but it's the truth. And I know I'm always talking about the weather. I'm going to stop. I promise. But this is it. Like it's actually happening now. Get out your shorts. Get out your sandals. Get out your tank tops. It is time to be outside drinking on a rooftop with all of your friends. I'm so excited. I've got to calm down. Okay, <laughs> let's get into our Rachel's Rex. First up is going to be mine. Second will be yours requested from Instagram. So let's get going. And the first up is going to be exactly because of the nice weather and because spring is finally here with us. And that is going to be my suggestion that you go to the Union Square Farmer's Market. I guess in theory, you can go to any farmer's market. If they're close to you, go support a local farmer, go support some local businesses, get some delicious local food. Most importantly, though, I love the Union Square one. It's not even the closest to my house, but it is massive. And everyone who is working there is so lovely. And now we're getting all of the good spring food. The ramps are coming. It's just such a gift that we have this in New York City and that we have all of the farmers markets that we can go to in any neighborhoods on multiple different days. With this good weather coming this week, make sure you go check out the Union Square Farmers Market. We got Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Okay, let's get on to number two, which is once again, you guys are always cracking me up and I love it so much. And that was a request of where to see a celebrity. Not the first time we have had this. And as we know, as New Yorkers, we see celebrities, we don't say anything. We keep our heads down. We play it cool. We always like to think we're cool. But I know that there's maybe some people visiting who would like to see one or maybe even some New Yorkers who don't care to admit it. So they come and they ask these questions now and I have the perfect spot for you. And that would be Jackson Bond. So you know this is the same people that own Bar Calico where we had our party. They do raise. This is the spot. Not only is it a hot spot, but have I personally seen celebrities there? Yeah, maybe. Can I name names? I don't know. Nicholas Braun. No, I can't. Uh, but there are celebrities to be seen. And outside of that, you know, even if you don't want to see a celebrity, there are so many delicious cocktails. It's a wonderful neighborhood spot. They treat everyone so great. I love it. It's a great bar. And you might just happen to see I don't know. Lenny Kravitz? I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't comment. I can't say. Uh, okay. Those are our two Rachel's wrecks. It is Union Square Farmers Market. Jack's on Bond. Go have a good time in the sunshine. And I'm going to ask you guys this. I've never done this before. Maybe I've done it once. I don't remember. But if you are a frequent listener of the show, if you like the show, if you love New York, can you please subscribe and rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of those things. It would mean a lot to me. When you do that, it makes a big difference. So that's it. I'm going to ask once. I probably should be asking every episode. If you listen to anyone who tells you about podcasts, you should ask for this type of thing every episode. But I try not to do that to you guys because I think it's kind of annoying. So now I'm asking you, and this is the one time I'll do it this season. Please go rate, subscribe, like, follow, all of the things to make this last as long as possible. Okay, that's it. Let's get on to our guest today. I am so excited to have him on. He happens to be the host of an incredible podcast of his own, Max and Friends, but he also wrote a sublime keyword book the Delmonico way about his family's stories and restaurant right here in New York City, Delmonico's. Please welcome to the show, Max Tucci. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'll just be honest. I'm so, so 
so excited to talk to you. I just feel <laughs> like there is a level of history and glamour in the room that we have never had on They Had Fun. So I'm just like, let's get into it. Let's talk about all these things. I'm just so stoked. So let's talk about the Delmonico way. This is the new book that you have out. It has all sorts of recipes. It has history. It has everything. But the foundation of it is your family starting Delmonico's in the Wall Street area in New York City in 1827, I believe. Yeah. So that was the Delmonico brothers. Okay. They are considered family. You know, when we wrote the book and I was writing the first chapter, it was like, you know, two households, the Delmonicos and the Tucci's. And I always get the question, why are you a Tucci and not a Delmonico? <laughs> so, you know, it goes back, yes, to 1827 when the Delmonico brothers started first a bake shop, a confectionery. And then by 1830, it turned into a restaurant. And then it became America's first fine dining restaurant, which successfully ran from then until 1923. So nearly 100 years of the Delmonico's ownership. Wow. And under that, they were introducing the menu to the table, tablecloths to the table. It was the first restaurant, talk about they had fun, where women were allowed to dine unaccompanied by men on April 20th, 1868. Hell yes. So it was like the big, I called it the big 420 party. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, yeah. And then by 1923, what had happened was not the success of Delmonico's that was the problem, but was prohibition. Mm -hmm. And prohibition literally, you know, put the nail in the coffin for the Delmonico brothers. And keep in mind, they've been operating this institution for over 100 years. So the one that I'm referring to is the one at 56 Beaver Street, which is on the corner of Beaver and South William. It's that famous iconic building that everyone mistakens for the Flatiron building. <laughs> so my grandfather in 1926 bought the building and all the rights to Delmonico's with it. And he started to speak easy in the basement. And that was one of my favorite chapters of the book because it really brought you into one of New York's most stylish and sophisticated speakeasies of its time. And so my grandfather, you know, he knew that in order to bring this name back, because the restaurant had been closed for three years by then, you know, want to have this excitement to come to Delmonico's again, he had to create this speakeasy. And literally my grandmother would, would have alcohol in my father's pram, bringing it to the side entrance of Delmonico's. <laughs> it really is. We're not just talking about the history of your family or fine dining, right? This is the history of New York City. And that to me is what is so interesting. Just thinking about prohibition. And the other thing that is very interesting about it is this idea of glamour and being the first restaurant and having all of these levels and a lot of things that we miss these days. So let's just, I'm just going to prattle off a few of the guests that have been host at this restaurant. <laughs> JFK, Jackie O, Elizabeth Taylor, Marilyn Monroe. I could keep going for a while. I mean, this is again, a level of history, elegance that your family was a part of. That has to feel so incredible. You know, there is, there's a huge responsibility that comes with it. And for years, I really didn't care about it because talk about they had fun. I was living my life having fun, right? <laughs> Here I am a young New Yorker. You know, I was slated however, 20 something years ago as one of New York's most eligible bachelors. So I'm like, Ooh. you know, I'm going to enjoy this city that I was born in. Right. Mm -hmm. But I did, there was a responsibility and I wasn't ready for it yet. Yes. I understood my family on Delmonico's. Yes. Growing up, my aunt Mary would show me all the movies, you know, on Turner classic movies of everyone going to Delmonico's from Hello Dolly to Frankie and Johnny. There was something to celebrate, or if you wanted to have fun, you would go to Delmonico's. There was a Steinway grand piano in the main dining room where Lena Horne would come and perform, where Gypsy Rose Lee would perform. So the place, the energy of the building always was an environment, yes, of sophistication and yes, of, of elegance, but also extreme fun. I love that. Yeah. 
it's wonderful to be able to say that I'm part of a family that created this institution and that created fun in New York. So there have been other owners. And unfortunately, they really, they didn't understand the Delmonica way. And that's why I thought it was important to write the book, because what does the Delmonica way mean? And so it's kind of interesting when I go back to ancestors, you know, just because they're not here in the physical, I have so much fun with my ancestors on the other side of, <laughs> of, the, of the vortex. <laughs> I love that you're finding that connection of not only the elegance, but really you guys we're having fun with everyone. And that is just perfect for us. And I love it. And I love knowing your family has the history here. Everyone needs to go out and buy the Delmonico way. Find out. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. Like we're saying, there's the history, there's the glamour, there's the old Hollywood, there's the New York fun, there's everything. Go out and get this book. You will have that experience in your own home. And there's 75 recipes. <laughs> there's some, yes, that are hard to do. And, you know, it was a challenge. But there's also some that are very simple. Marilyn Monroe, you mentioned her. She loved a broiled grapefruit you know, were the grapefruits, they were a fad, they were a diet, they were loved by many, and Marilyn Monroe wanted one. Cherry's Jubilee is like one of the easiest things. You saw I did it on Tamron Hall show. Anyone can do it. It's like three ingredient, like make it happen. And you look like you're a professional in the kitchen. Every single just check, check, check. I love it. I hope everyone else goes out and gets it. Thank you. So let's get into some of our first questions that will play in even more to your family's rich history in this city. And of course, our first question is always, when did you move to New York City? I was born in New York City. Hell yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. We love having a native New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> and for those who can't see, because this is, you know, podcast, no video, I'm wearing my New York Yankees sweatshirt. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a New Yorker to the core. I love it. Yeah. I was born and raised in a city that never Leaves. I love it. Okay. You don't have to tell us the year, but maybe you could tell us a bit about where you grew up or what it was like or what you thought your childhood was like. Is it what everyone imagines? Did you love it? Did you want to run away somewhere else? Growing up in New York, you know, I grew up between New York, Connecticut, and Italy. And I, I write this in another book that I did about my father. It was like New York gave my father that energy that just like no other city can give. Mm -hmm. And I feel that same way. You know, Connecticut is, we lived in Greenwich, it was on the water, it was very beautiful, but we lived there to like get away from, just to have the peace and chill. And then Italy is like, you know, the passion and love and the art and the Medici, the, the Florentine, the most incredible Renaissance art in the world. But New York offered and still offers so much. And for me, it's just, it's part of my being, you know, to say that I'm from New York and New York City is like such a beautiful <laughs> thing to say. And when I go to Italy and my cousins, they're like, ah, he's born in New York City. You know, it's like everyone <laughs> loves that fact, you know. So New York growing up, you know, I was involved at a young age, like 14 or 15, I was working with Beth Bolt, who discovered Naomi Campbell. So I was like hitting fashion week at like 15 years old and like going to clubs and like seeing a part of New York that a lot of, you know, youth didn't really see. And I remember New York being, and this was like, you know, in the 90s, New York was so much fun. Even when we go back to the 80s, like the subways, I remember I was saying it's dangerous to go in the subways, but I was so intrigued by all of like, you know, when they would do all the spray paints on the subway cars. And I was like, New York had such an edge to it that was so cool. And then the 90s were like so much fun. And I think what started a little bit killing the vibe of New York, and I know I'm going to get a lot of slack, so tweet me on Max Tucci, you can put it there. <laughs> um, is that, you know, like the blogger came on the scene and then like, People who didn't understand New York and New York fashion and the edge to it, like started like slamming it. And then it started like kind of becoming true. And then it was like, how do we change it? And I'm like, New York was so cool when it was like gritty and fun. And I'm starting to see that a little bit again. But yeah, New York, I mean, 
like Indochine. I was at Indochine many, 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 many years ago. And then recently I was there with Ashley Longshore and it was like the most incredible experience to be at Indochine again for brunch because it felt like the New York that I grew up in. The old days. I mean, I think it's a real feather in the cap to say you're born and raised New Yorker, like New York City and your childhood and all of these (laughs) things are just like, it's so interesting to me, like not growing up here. It was just what I wanted so bad. And to know that you had that and it's just as exciting as it sounds and running around and being scared, the, all of the levels that come with it, you know, the fear of the subway, the hanging out with models. It's just so interesting. So the second question is always, why did you move to New York? We know where you were born and raised here, but maybe you could talk a bit about, you know, why you stayed or why your family came. I'm assuming, at, you know, knowing a bit about the book, it's something to do with the immigrant experience. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for asking. You know, it's true. It's my grandfather from Florence, Italy, did not have to leave, chose to leave and really wanted that American dream. And New York was the place that that gave it to him. My mother, on the other hand, she was a refugee. She was from Lithuania, war-torn Lithuania during the 1940s, lived in a TP displaced person camps for five years. Wow. And when they were offered places to go, it was, do you want to go to Australia? Do you want to go to Canada? Do you want to go to, literally, there was another option. I can't remember it because it just was so undesirable. <laughs> and then it was like, do you want to go to New York? And my grandfather was like, oh, we want to go to New York. We want to go to New York. <laughs> and so they ended up coming to New York. And so I come from two families. One is a war refugee family. One is an immigration family that wanted to come here. And so it was like to have that blend and that understanding growing up of why two families came to New York for two completely different reasons, but yet for that American dream and that New York energy. So growing up, you know, it was an incredible childhood between Delmonico's and between Park Avenue. And then I've been all over the city growing up. It always was such a, a, like an experience and to have the museums and things that are so easy and so accessible. And like New York is just like, for those that want to experience it, just like it's so easy to navigate. That's why I love this song. You know, it's like the it's the concrete jungle. It never sleeps. And there's so many songs about it. It's so great. It's named twice. You know, I can go on and on about how wonderful <laughs> New York is. But really growing up in the, in the city to me was a, a really an exquisite experience. I have to agree with you. We are two peas in a pod. I happen to think it's the greatest city in the world. And I love the story of your family chose this. You know, maybe they had other options, but like other immigrants, this was, there was something about New York City that just hit everyone as like, that's where I need to be. That's the place for us. That's where I can make a new life. That's where this can happen. And it's the history of New York City. It is what people have been coming for for decades and centuries. And your family was obviously no different. And they're a wonderful success story. And I just love that you've been here for so long and that your family's been here and that you love it as much as me. It's a perfect way for us to move on to our most important question of the show, considering the pedigree of your family here and you're growing up here. And that is, what is the most fun you've ever had in New York City? Okay, this is going to be a curveball because you set it up to like to be sound like it was going to be like this most elegant experience. In <laughs> fact, I have an adopted grandmother, Letty. Uh, she passed away, but she was incredible. She would fly planes. She was a yoga teacher. She was a dancer. She did tango. And she really, another New Yorker, you know, she was like born in the Bronx, taught me New York, like a whole different aspect of New York. So yes, it's going to the Med and going to Le Cirque and, you know, all the Rainbow Room back in the day. You know, those were always the fun nights. The most fun I say I would ever have in New York is a night that consists, that is totally free. Awesome. And so we have to go back to like the late 90s. My grandmother Letty, we call her Grandma Letty, would take me to the city. 
at the South Street Seaport, we would do tango. It would have it on the seaport for free. You would tango on the docks. We would then take the Staten Island Ferry to Staten Island. Oh my gosh. At right when the sun was setting. And then you would like enjoy the sunset with the Statue of Liberty free. And then there was a huge aquarium that was at the, um, at the Staten Island um, port. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to get off the boat to come back on it to see New York. And by now it's dark. And so the whole city line witnessing it from coming from Staten Island on the Staten Island Ferry was like one of the most incredible things that I had ever seen because yes, you know, I've seen New York and all different aspects from helicopter and flying over, but to be like on the water with grandma Letty and then experience that was incredible. We then would go to Curry in a hurry. That was like the only not free part of the evening it was a <laughs> restaurant, which is still there on Lexington and 27th. How old are you ish when you guys are doing these trips? I'm like 19 to 18. Oh, to okay. Yeah. Okay. And so we would then go to Curry in a hurry. Then we would go see Shaquita, the Shaquita show. It was like a New York drag queen icon staple. Like if you have to see a Shaquita show, if you come to New York, like if you haven't seen or experienced a Shaquita show, then you're not a real New Yorker, I always say. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not a real New Yorker. <laughs> and Grandma Letty always there. They used to call her Disco Dottie from Studio 54. And she would be like on stage dancing. So you could just already picture that how much fun we had. Oh my and then it would go into the best part of the night for me was we would go to the people's court, like it was like the like night court, right? <laughs> and night court is free. And you can go in and watch like all these, like, you know, people who were arrested at like two in the morning, like, you know, being sentenced or like, you know, in front of the judge. And Grandma Letty would be like, we have to go to night court. And I was like, I remember the first time I'm like, what, what the hell is like night court? And she's like, night court is so much fun. I'm like, how is it fun? She's like, well, there's all these men and they're all arrested and we're watching them, you know? And I think she was just going there because she loved men so much. And she would like all these like, you know, hot prisoners would come in. This is, you know, like and we would sit there. I'm like crying. She would, she would always have like a bag with her that said like namaste on it. And she wore she always wore sarongs and flower wreaths in her hair. So she was a lot of fun. Like literally she would open up her bag and pull out like nuts. And she's like, we need to nosh. I'm like, what are we like? We went from like tango to Staten Island to a drag show to night court. Like, and then this was like when we were living in Connecticut too on the weekends. So we would like then drive back to Connecticut at like three in the morning. Oh my God. And I would be exhausted. And Grandma Letty would be like literally behind the wheel. And <laughs> she would be driving on I-95, rocking it out. Like how, and like that was, and I saw the question. I love that you were going to ask that question because for me, it was like, there's so many experiences, but one that I feel brings together energy and family and fun and laughter and good times doesn't have to cost money, right? I totally agree with you. I'm just like sitting here. I'm, first of all, my <laughs> cheeks hurt so bad from laughing. But I'm like, first of all, Grandma Letty sounds like an amazing lady. I would love to hang out with her. And I agree. I think oftentimes we can get lost in this concept of New York of like, you know, greatest city in the world, like world-class, like all these things. And I agree with that. And that is so fun. And we should treat ourselves here and there, but there are things to be had that are just genuine fun that you can do, you know, for probably less than 10 bucks of just like Korean hurry. Or for free. Yeah. And it's just so. When people are like, New York is so expensive. I'm like, it's, there's so many ways for New York not to be expensive. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. No, I love this story so much. (laughs) I swear to God, I don't think I've ever had someone tell me about this night court thing. I mean, obviously the show existed, but for that to be your night out on the town, baby, it's free theater. Like, 
that's what there it is. is free theater. You know, and I think like being a part of like those evenings, you know, again, like, yes, we dined in the most sophisticated Grand Nuit and San Domenico. I would have my birthday parties at like always over the top. But to be able to like be in New York and experience that with Grandma Letty and it was just it was I really some of the most nostalgic memories I have of what I call the greatest city in you know the world. It really is. And that's that's what really matters. That's what we learn from this show and living in the city. It's not always what you think it's going to be. It's like, these are the real true memories that stick with you is just a night out on the town with Grandma Letty doing a bunch of free shit. I, I love it so much. I wish, I mean, rest in peace, Grandma Letty. I, Have you been to the show yet? No, that's what I just said. I don't, comp- right. I'm not a real New Yorker. When I come back to, I'm in Florida now because I'm on book tour, but when I come back to New York, we're going to go to a Shaquita show. I would love to go. I have to, I'm not a real New Yorker. It doesn't matter that I've been here for 17 years. I have not seen Shaquita. I love that story so much. Thank you so much for sharing it. I wish I could be involved. Maybe I'll go recreate this night. Every time someone tells me one of these great stories, I'm like, I want to do this. We have to see, you know what, we should, because I don't know, you know, again, this was 20 years ago, you know, so I don't know if it's still happening. And that's the thing is that that memory from 20 years ago feels like it was yesterday. I'm glad that you had so much fun. I'm glad you shared that story with us. I'm glad you love New York as much as I do. I have to ask you my last and final question of the show, and that is, what is your favorite thing about New York? My favorite thing about New York is that I love the fact that it's an island, and I love that it's so easily accessible to the state of New York, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's the big I Heart New York campaigns. We are able to get into the car if we drive or on a train and be in the country of New York, of like the city of New York has like the most incredible mountainscapes that are like an hour away. I ended up buying an antique dairy farm in North Salem, New York. Oh, wow. Because it's an hour from the city, but yet I have like 11 acres and I could be in New York and be in the heart of it all. In a tra- I could take Metro North. It's like an hour train ride and I'm back in the city. So I love that the city allows me to experience, yes, the chaotic, fun, craziness of New York, but in the same breath, I can take a train still be in the state of New York and be out of New York. So it's like that duality of chaos and control. And I love the fact too, I'm on the board of the Lehman Center in the Bronx, which is an incredible facility for, for theater. Patti LaBelle performs there and Ruben Stutter's coming to perform there. But again, it's like, look outside of the city for things to do that are a fraction of the cost because they're not in New York. So going to the Lehman Center in the Bronx, the Lehman Center for Performing Arts, you can see like top shows there for half the price because you just have to like jump on a subway and go. I love that answer. It's so good. No one has ever put it to me like that before. I think it's exactly right. And it's weird. It's almost the inverse thinking about it is like getting away makes it accessible, but it is, there's so many other places in the States that don't have any of that accessibility. They don't have the trains. They don't have the subway. They don't have outer boroughs and all of these things. And I think it is something we need to constantly remember that it doesn't, you don't need to have $300 to go have a great night in New York city. You can go anywhere and you can be there frankly for $2 and 75 cents. And we are so lucky to have that. I love that answer. I love your story. I love your book. I love your family's history in New York city. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You know, I've had fun. <laughs> and that's the best <laughs> part of it. You know, I'm doing this whole press tour for so long now. And like everyone wants to get it's like the, you know, the, the old story of New York and the 1800s <laughs> of New York, which is fun. But to have a conversation about a city that I love with you has made my day. So thank you so much for having me here. Aww, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And of course, most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun. <laughs> <laughs> 